I guess you know, like you would have been scared of your gift at the start. Like, do you get scared or find it super challenging now that you've kind of learned how to manage it and turn it on and off? I've never been scared of it. Okay. Um, I guess because I didn't know that I needed to be scared of it when I was younger, so I've just kind of grown up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been, um, I've been afraid of what it meant more than what it was. Um, so that was a, that was a challenge. Um, and I guess as I've grown, um, as I grow, as I've grown and then going through my son with him being able to see, um, like tortured souls that have come through that are looking for his light essentially for, for them to help him. Um, I've experienced fear of our abilities through him. I guess. Mm. And it was, it was scary. Um, because when I was little, I, I didn't have the tortured people. I had the mischievous ones. So I had the ones that would make me run away. Mm -hmm. And I had the ones that would make me do things that I would get into trouble for. And then be like, I don't understand why I'm getting into trouble because they told me, they told me to do this, but I could, I didn't say that. Like it wasn't like a, oh, yeah, I ran away at three and hid behind the slippery dip with my nappy bin full of my clothes um, because I was three and I knew how to do that. Like, no, and sort of putting those sort of things together, it's kind of like, oh, dude, (laughs) so misunderstood. So I guess there's sort of fear around being misunderstood um, and also realising that, shit, I'm different. And there was kind of this period of time as an early teen, so in the early years of high school, of realising that not everyone knows how I'm feeling like I know how they're feeling. And that means that they don't care about me. So I'm not lovable or I'm not worth it or I'm not enough. Um, But really what it was was that they had no idea. I, I just did have an idea and that's how I was able to make them matter and make them feel good. So it wasn't that they didn't want to make me feel good or make me better. It's they didn't know they needed to without me telling them. You know, it wasn't an intuitive understanding mm. for them. Yeah. And then I did drama through high school and, um, you know, my drama teacher taught me what empathy was. And that was kind of the first light bulb moment of going, ah, so I'm an empath. Like this is actually what's going on. And so then I kind of found like my self-worth and my self-esteem and my confidence in terms of being able to put myself out there thinking that, no, I am lovable Mm. um, and I am, you know, worthy of connection just like everybody else um, and stopped playing it small for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Which was basically like could have been like your biggest gift at that time in your life like a pivotal moment uh, in your whole life not that it wouldn't be because it's your first born child yeah but but it's not where my ego was choosing to go let me tell Mm. you I had it pegged at 23 I'd just broken up with a guy that I'd been living with for three years who was a ton older than me and it was a very toxic relationship but it had to happen and I was so in love with him um but it had to happen and and it was done and the next day I went and saw a psychic wow and she said a few things and one of them was don't go back and have a one-night stand with your ex because you're going to fall pregnant because wow. you've got babies flying around your head saying pick me. Oh. And I was just like that is not going to happen. And I literally, it was at a Westfield and I literally walked out of that shop and walked into the flight centre next door and I booked a one-way no-return ticket to London. 
And I, that was March, so that reading was on March 14th. And my ticket was, I was due to leave September 19th. July 16th, I found out I was oh. pregnant. And it was just like, okay, the universe has other plans. Mm. And I'd been with my husband for six weeks. You know, it was a complete stranger. It's like, what is going on? And I didn't want children. I, I had decided early on that I was never having kids. Really? It just wasn't part of my plan. I was a visual merchandiser and obsessed with it. And I was going to the UK and I was just going to wing it. I was going to just land on my feet like a freaking cat and just go wherever the wind blew me and just wanderlust. <laughs> no. <laughs> the universe went, nah, no, you're not. You're going to be stuck at home as a 24-year-old mum you know, married to a complete stranger. We got married, barefoot, pregnant on the beach, six weeks, six months pregnant. Wow. And um, we, we got engaged on the 11th of September, like eight days before I was due to fly out. And I just never went. And I've, and I've only ever been to like islands now. And I've never done Europe. I've never done the trip. I've never done anything. Um, and it just detoured, but it took me in the direction that I needed to go in hindsight. But at the time, again, you know, the drinking and the the drugs and the escapism um, was, you know, mourning a life that I had envisioned for mm, myself, right. but I had envisioned it based on my ego mm. rather than what the universe was trying to get me to constantly wake up and see that um, I had a bigger purpose to serve and it really needed me to get into that space where it could deliver that to me so I could deliver it to the right. world. Um And then I guess that just kind of happened. I got diagnosed with um, multiple sclerosis um, six years ago now. And for three months, my parents, my sister, my husband, we all believed that that was my future. And I was slow. I was very rapidly declining. Um, I couldn't walk properly, like without tripping over. Um, I had foot drop. I couldn't speak properly. Like my thoughts were in my head, but I couldn't get, I couldn't get them out. Um, and I also had zero short-term memory. I couldn't even remember my neighbors' names. Like it was, I knew their face, I knew who they were, but I could not find the information in my head to put all the pictures together. Um, and for three months, we were just like, okay, we're going to have to put lots of things in place. I had a brand new baby. My daughter had just been born and I was in pain and I was scared. And then I remember going into the neurologist's office and he just said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Dimmick, but even though you're walking, talking textbook case of multiple sclerosis and that's why you're here with me and that's what we're exploring, we've done four scans now on your brain and your spine and we can't find any active lesions. And short of opening you up to look for where this is, like there's nothing we can do. And it it was horrific because in that moment I w- had gone from knowing what was wrong with me to, again, not knowing what was wrong with me. But there was clearly something wrong with me. And my intuition, my guides were not telling me anything. Like I was so earthly at that point. I was so low vibrational that they they must have been trying to hit me with freaking bricks to get my attention. But, you know, what ended up happening, what the actual diagnosis ended up being was, which was just a random finding that they realized this, it was something so stupidly simple. My body was completely void of iron and B vitamins. And it had been shutting down for about six to nine months. So I was at the very end of what that looks like. And so over the course of the next month, I had iron infusions and bed rest. Is this because of your pregnancy? No. 
So um, then I was sort of back to me again. It's crazy. And so by way of sort of feeling like I needed to bring my, because, I mean, having sort of this like this virtual death sentence and having your mind go through, I'm never going to see my kids get married and I've, my daughter's going to grow up not knowing me and all of these things. Um, and what a disappointment and a failure I am to my family and my husband and all of that. Going through that just changed my perspective of what mattered. And so once I felt like I was given another, like another opportunity at life again, I was like, fuck this shit. Like time is of the essence and I am achieving, achieving, achieving. So I went and did a bodybuilding competition. Wow. (laughs) Because you could. Because I could. Because you know what? I just went body. You nearly failed me, but I nearly failed you. So now we're going to work together. Now we're going to get our spirit, our mind, our heart, and our physical body all saying the same thing rather than something else and going in all different directions. And so I decided on the spur of the moment and the competition was in 12 weeks. So I had to go from basically being bedridden to competing in 12 weeks. I was maybe like 75 kilos. I just had a baby like a year earlier, like so not primed, ready to do something (laughs) like that. And so not me. Like now that you've met me, can you imagine me in like this green street bikini? Like six inch stilettos, sparkly How dark was your tan? How blonde was my hair too? It was just like big white teeth and blonde hair and diamantes. But the biggest thing for me was, um, you know, for me, that's all just, you know, costume. I I didn't really care about that sort of stuff. What I cared Mm. about was finding a connection with myself that I'd never, ever had before. And I did it and I got up on stage and I was 35 when I did that. And I fucking rocked it. Like it was just like, oh, I want to do this again and again and again. And my plan was while I was up on that stage, my plan was like, man, I have got the bug. And they always say that's going to happen. And I was like, I'm done. Like (laughs) I'm addicted. I can just, I can see my future written for me. But again, I was, that was my ego. Yeah. And I was literally walking down the stairs off the stage and spirit said, it's go time. And I was like, I think I just fucking goed. Like Like, I just did go. I don't know what else go time would mean. And then I kind of, by the, it was um, 45 minutes from the venue where we were at to home. In that 45 minutes, I got on Facebook and announced I am a professional psychic medium now taking bookings. It had not been something that I had ever considered doing on a professional, you know, level. Like just not at all. I'm a visual merchandiser. You know, I was freelancing at that stage, loving it. Love what I did. And that's just been where it's gone since. So getting that head, heart and voice and that body all in sync, all saying the same thing took me. Finally, I had to go through all of that. All the pieces of the puzzle had to be freaking shattered Mm. for me to just go now. Okay, now I need to pull it back together. And that's that. You're at the bottom, babe. Do you know how many people want to start over again? Mm. So now build it. And so then I've just decided, I decided at that point to build it authentically and build it based on the faith of that it's go time voice. And I just have, I wake up every morning and that's, that's the voice I listen to. And that's how I got here. And it's just, uh, I just feel so fucking amazing. Like it's just, it's full. 
Wow. You know, wow. and I'm really not deciding any of it. Like I'm kind of just being a willing kind yeah. of servant. Yeah. Just still going with the breeze. Yeah. Still doing what I always wanted to do, just not in the way that I had envisioned. Yeah. yeah. But it's exactly what I'm doing. And it's freaking amazing. And I just, I, I want everyone to experience that. Yeah. And that's not judgment. That's just like, oh, I just would love everyone to feel this good and to feel this fulfilled because there are more people out there that don't feel that, mm. that want to. And deserve it. Then there yeah. are people who are showing up saying, I'm doing it. I did the hard yards. I did the hard stuff. And I went through the fear and I broke. And this is how I've been saved. This is where I found what I was looking for all along. Mm. I don't know. I guess like because I'm a mum, one of the things that I'm passionate about is um, you know, these days mums um, are so hyper aware of their children and wanting to give them the best, the, you know, the organic food and the best education and the sports and all of that. But the other thing too is um, that what we're doing as a mum, even though we're doing it out of love and what we want is best for our kids, what we're doing also is shaping them and boxing them already. And instead, like, make sure that... Um, you carve out some time to really just honour their essence and their spirit and that's why it's called spirit alignment because we're bringing people back to their essence, back to their spirit and and that is unique to mm. every single person. It mm. is never the same. It's like a thumbprint. And so really just letting that child know if they really want to give them the most unconditional gift, all it is is just letting them know that their essence is special and that that is their core. That needs to be their inner compass. And that way they'll never feel alone. That way they'll never feel like they need, they, they've got that self-doubt. Exactly. So, you know, with my kids, I try and just make sure that what they know about themselves through and through is, um, is first and foremost that they recognise it as deserving of being able to honour it. And then secondly, that they can also show up in that and not be afraid of judgment, mm -hmm. but also teaching them to see it in other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it's not only going to sort of um, have more of that tolerance sort of ripple effect, but it's also just going to have more authentic kids showing up. For sure. Kids with less issues, yeah. kids with less drama, kids with, you know, I don't know, kind. less drugs and yeah. alcohol, less, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly, less doing what I did. Mm. Less you know? of the Band-Aid effect and what you're saying when you shape your kids, I guess then they learn to lean on you or look to you if they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Totally. So when they become adults, how are they meant to know to make decisions, to be self-confident, to trust in their own gut? That's, yeah. We have a whole generation of adults going through that yeah going what the fuck yeah how did yeah. i get yeah here? we were Who so cotton wooled and we don't know what the fuck we're doing exactly it's hard and it's really hard too because you know my eldest is in high school now and it's a really really scary world out there like he is young for his year and some of the boys in his year are um like up to two years older than him wow because oh. there are people who delayed their children you know yeah. i'm starting my child at seven well i started my children at four Primarily because I was a young mum and I started at four and I really needed the mental clarity, to be mm -hmm. honest, and mm -hmm. I needed my son to go to school yeah. because mm -hmm. I was doing 
like I was doing myself over. Yeah. It was not healthy. Yeah. And so, and my kids are tall as well. So physically I was just like, oh, if I hold them back till they're seven, shit, they're going to be like giants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't win, really. Yeah. You just make your own decision and what's best for you and your child. Yeah. But are you doing what's best for your child? Like, are you really or are you doing what society is telling you is best for them? What is actually best for them is to really, um, first of all, identify their pure essence and then add things in, if you must, that magnify those bits of them rather than um, into sort of introducing something completely different to them that is going to mould them and move them further and further away from the path that is for their highest good. Mm. So, you know, as a mum, I think going back and in hindsight, I wish I'd done that for my kids when they were younger and I wish that I had have had that as well when I was younger. Um, but you know, the generation that's coming through now that are children, they're here to, you know, they're, they're going to be the huge game changers. And not only the game changers, but the game builders. And they're going to be the doers. Mm. And we need them to start showing up from as early as possible, not for them to fucking detour off into the wilderness and come back at 40 and then go, right now I'm going to be a game changer yeah, and a game yeah. builder like I'm doing. You know, it's kind of like there are, there is more out there that needs to be rectified and aligned and fixed and, you know, put into where it should be in natural order and in divine time than there are people showing up. So we don't need more, you know, we don't need more people that are going to tell us how to be. We need more people who are just being mm. authentic and truthful. So more people are more spiritual these days, I find, though. Do you I, think? I think more people are just talking about it more, yeah. Yeah. which is great because yeah. it needs to be conversation mm. and the more people that talk about it, the, you know, you get, a, you get little nuggets of, you know, light bulb moments, yeah. the more conversations that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's our way back, Mm. truly, honestly, and being able to see into the future. (laughs) And, you know, what I do on a professional level is just such a small part. Like it's it's like 5% of what I am and and, and what I also experience because I do this for everyone else. But on my own journey, Mm. man, I'm looking at like, fifth dimensional stuff. I'm having conversations in different languages. I'm connecting with people who are doing really like out there stuff that most people have no idea is even happening. It's like sci-fi movie stuff. But we are part of this community that is is almost shaping the way that things are moving, but we're shaping it based on we're serving what we're being shown to do. Right. And how do you know if that's always a good thing to, to do though? It feels you feel it. Um, and when you're not the only one that sees it, feels it, hears it, mm. there's there's plenty of people out there when you actually put yourself out there and then other people go, well, actually, I'm like that too. And when it's all saying the same thing, mm. you're just like, oh. And when you're all feeling that it is the same thing, you know, all we can do is just hope that it is coming from, you know, the highest possible source. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just if you simplify it, everyone is realising that there is something greater than mm. this. And it makes you feel good and it makes you feel scared, but at least like, yeah. you're but feeling something. At least you're right? aware that you're yeah. not the yeah. be-all and end-all. Yeah. Exactly. We're in our highest power. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your book, t- your t- your tour. Yeah. Yes. So it's a live <clears throat> 
yeah. tour, all cities. Yeah. Um, what can people expect? So at um, my usual events that people have come to, they're just called spirit sessions <clears throat> and that's just mediumship. So it's just me connecting to people that have crossed over. Okay. Um, and at these live events though, what I want it to be is more like two and a half hours with me and you get the best of me. Like I am showing up as a conduit, as a vessel and however spirit chooses to use me on the night, is how the the person or the people, I mean, this is going to be 100 to 150 people in a room Mm -hmm. and whoever is chosen or however many people are chosen in that time, obviously it was divine time for them to have that. But if it's an intervention, if it is a connection with a loved one, if it is a healing, then it's going to be happening on the spot. It's going to be real time. It's going to just be not planned. Um, But people can expect basically everything that I do in one sitting. Okay. Um, And, you know, being able to, even if you don't get chosen, being able to witness somebody else's intervention or healing or connection brings way more for you than what you would ever think Mm -hmm. because everyone tries to work out how they can identify with what they're hearing Mm -hmm. and processes it in relation to what they're struggling with. And so everyone gets a takeaway from it, Mm. you know, and I feel that just doing mediumship is not what spirit wants me to do and that it would purely just be showing off. Like I want to serve people, but I want to bring people to, I want to say, you know what, I see your pain and I've got a really authentic, truthful, honest, beautiful, loving, unconditional, non-judgmental way of hopefully being able to move you from that. Mm. And if it does, then that is the biggest win for me. Like I have succeeded. That is my goal. Um, that would and be I a don't, very rewarding experience. Well, I hope so. I really hope it is. And from yeah. what I've seen in, in future sort of visions of what spirit has shown me, I can't wait. Like it was, all, it's almost just like, can it hurry up? Mm. Because I know how many people are out there that that need this information yes. and it's not my information it's the, it's spirit's information yeah, just, just the messenger yeah yeah um and I I think that you know by smashing the misconceptions and the clichés behind what a spiritual person looks like like if you just saw me down the street you'd have no fucking no, idea no idea no idea no idea like I'm just a soccer mom or a footy mom <laughs> But with my SUV. Walk past people in the street and know something about them or have a feeling about them. If I want to, I can, but I don't because that's my energy. Yeah. And And I don't have their permission. Yeah. Yeah. My energy is my currency. It is my value and I respect it and I'm responsible with it. And what happens if I, you know, just waste it and then my children come home and they need the best of it? Mm -hmm. You know, like And is that yeah, like I wouldn't go and just waste my money away. Mm. We, you know, we budget or we can we consider and we are responsible with our money. The same, my my energy is my currency. I couldn't mm. give a shit about physical money. Like it, it is energy, and it's the same with exchanges. Like I just want people's. I want to be able to create a space for people where they can be. They don't have to be anything other than right here, right now, in their truth. And if it's the first time they've ever been able to do that, then what a blessing and an mm-hmm. honour to have been able to give that and gift that to someone. Mm-hmm. But they're just, apart from in your own privacy, which even still doesn't guarantee it, most people just aren't being 
because they feel like they need permission to be. And I want everyone to just be in my energy and in my space and understand that this is a safe space where you can break or you can speak your truth. And sometimes it's the first time it even comes out of their mouth. Sometimes it's the first time they've even allowed themselves to think about it. And I've been there, you know, like I've done this myself. Everything that I do, spirit has taken me through Mm -hmm. in more ways than one and sometimes more times as well. So I'm not doing something or asking something of someone that I haven't experienced and I know how to hold it. Um, But that's part of learning how to hold space too, you know, being able to know and trust that I've got what it takes to, first of all, open up your Pandora box, meddle with it a little bit, manipulate it a little bit with pure intention, of course, and then close it up safely before you leave so that you're not left wandering around just exposed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the events I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to see how spirit shows up. Um, You know, my friends and my husband and PR girls, they're just like, oh, what are you going to wear? You know, you're going to have to, you've got to think about these things, Tracy, because I just don't yeah. shit. It's just so not what I'm about. And they're just like, yeah, but whether you like it or not, you are what people link it to. And yeah. so that's, that's a challenge for me personally, needing to grow into like, okay, I need to, I have to realize now that I am a physical representation of what this means. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to get comfortable with that. And it's just a little bit hard to make it about me because mm-hmm. the work's not about me. Mm-hmm. So being in like, you know, okay, magazine came out on Thursday and I'm in there and it's like, oh my God. And everyone else around me is just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm just like, yeah, next. And that's not because I'm not proud of it or I don't appreciate it or I don't, you know, think that, you know, that's awesome. But for me, it's just like that is the work of that. That's that's not about me. It is the message. Mm. So I'm really happy for spirit and I'm really happy for the bigger picture and for humans in general that this information is getting out, not my face. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. That would be hard to adjust to as well. It is hard because I'm a private person Mm. in in so many ways. Um, but I'm also very transparent and honest in in more ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that this is bigger than me. It's not about a person. I don't need to be an influencer and I don't need to be a public figure. Or the poster me. girl. Yeah. My brand is spirit, not Tracy. And that's really difficult to navigate because people are looking for brand. Yeah. How... Okay, so I think a nice way to wrap it up would be you obviously have been through a lot in your life, go through a lot every day. How do you take care of yourself or give yourself self-love? Like how do you wind down yep. and, you know, yeah, appreciate yourself and your family? Yeah. What's what's like a key? Well, I think because I wear so many hats, you know, mum, wife, friend, daughter, sister, um, I think that I've, you know, cleansing, grounding and protecting is one of the things that I will teach straight up and that's because for me what I do in the early days I used to have to work, I'd show up and I'd give my all and then it would be about the recovery and it's like the freaking worst hangover you've ever had in your life. It's like 20 bottles of non-organic, you know, highly preservative <laughs> red wine. Um, but instead when I worked out that if I focus on my prep, then there is really no need for recovery. It game changer. So it's like going and running a marathon. You're not just going to get up and go and run it and then suffer the consequences right. later. You just prepare for it. So in my preparation, um, I take 
cleansing very seriously. So in the water, in the shower, morning and night, I'll wash away what's not mine and wash away what no longer serves me. But then it's not words. Nothing I ever say is with word. It's always loaded with some sort of intention. And I feel it. I feel and visualize the water washing it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also connect to Mother Earth realizing that yes most of what I do is connected to the spiritual realms above but I don't need to when I'm not connected there I need to go it alone I'm not walking alone I'm walking with the support of the ether as well the earth as well not just the ether so I make sure that I remember to stay grounded and um, supported and know that I that even though you can't see my team they are absolutely here and they're prop- like they're, they're bigger than this room and I always know that um so those things are really important to me um sleep sleep is crucial um we need to rest and we need time for our subconscious to process and to do Mm. things and to repair um but I train at the gym I lift heavy shit I love it I listen to hard rock death metal (laughs) core and it's just this way of being able to get out that energy that has nowhere to go and it needs to escape um and I don't, I don't eat red meat. I live kind of like a, sort of like an 80-20 rule with alkaline. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's sort of what helped me with my autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helped manage my pain and I couldn't find anything like it. I also use CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so I use that daily and mm-hmm. that helps. Um, I go to the beach, like I live just near it and I'm there as often as I possibly can. I may not get in the water, but I see the ocean as the most spiritually connected place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray, I read, well, I listen, <laughs> I read, but I always buy the physical hard copy book to whatever I listen to. Cause yeah. it's like, I kind of have to I have both. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just makes me feel better. Um, but I educate and I never feel like I try to remember to check myself and never feel like I know it all and that it's enough and that what they've given me is enough that I have to keep evolving and challenging. Um, and I try and make my top priority being in the present moment. So wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I try really hard to make sure I am there, Mm. regardless of whether it's not fun or fun Mm. I just try and witness um yeah I think so it's kind of like a it's like all the pieces to to how do I keep myself going and um yeah I love it yeah it's a well-oiled machine yeah and I guess it's just through trial and error yeah and just knowing that that's probably going to have to evolve too like I've gotten sick four times this year and I never get sick. But for me, it was the universe's way of saying, you know, next year you're going on tour. You cannot get sick. Yeah. You cannot cancel things. You can't. Yeah. So you have to start taking this to the next level. So my plan, and I literally, you know, started to feel better on Tuesday. So it's not even that long ago. Um, my plan now has been over the summer to make sure that I take everything to that next level. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to look yet, but my plan is to do that because I need to make sure that I am responsible with the the um, purpose that I've been gifted to do. And so I need to be well-oiled. Mm-hmm. I need to show up and I need to, um, I can't take it for granted. You know, people need 
or spirit needs me. Yeah. In your best physical form. Exactly. Yeah. To be able to serve the best possible way. Wow. So much pressure. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's welcomed and it's not, it doesn't ever feel like pressure. Mm. It actually feeds me. So it, um, I feel fed all it the time. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, it fills my cup, you know, and the human might deplete me, but my connection to spirit, mm. which is 85% of what's going on is like feeding Fuel, me and yeah. yeah, and nourishing me. But the high vibrational, low vibrational thing too, is, um, what I focus on as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I try and nourish myself with high vibration and that's everything. It's the conversations I have. Um, it's the food, the drink, it's the television shows I watch, the books yeah. I read. Mm. It's every, the environments, the spaces, the materials, like everything around me is my nutrition. So I just try and know that spirit deserves better and that's how I move. I, I like love that. it. I like that. Mm. I do. I'm going to do that too. Mm-hmm. So can you leave our listeners with a positive daily mantra or do you have a mantra? Yeah, so it's hard because I've got heaps and they change and they should. Um, but one, I guess, for people that um, are new to this or just discovering or um, wanting to, I don't know, journey into it, um, that the power is in your present emotion. So if I can say, or my magic is what I would say, my magic is in my present emotion because however I am feeling right now um, and with anxiety being such a, such a you know, mm. it, it's almost like a, a trend to say that I have anxiety yeah. and to suffer with it. It's like self-propagating. Yeah. Um, that understanding that everything happens from our feelings. So if I am feeling excited right now, then I know if I, if I can be present with that right now, that the universe can only give me more things to be excited about. So it's great for the positive stuff, but it's when I'm feeling negative or sad or depressed or whatever, frustrated, that if I can just come back and just go, okay, my my magic, my power is in my present emotion. What is my present emotion? And it allows people to really just acknowledge what they're actually thinking and feeling, not what they want to be thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. So we need to just go, okay, well, actually right now I feel so fucking angry. Mm. And so it's okay. Well, if I feel angry and that is actually exactly what it is, do I do I want the universe to give me more things to be angry about right now? No. So what do I need to do? I know that straight away I need to swap it out. So I need to swap it out for an emotion that vibrates higher. So I need to, I don't know, get on my phone and Google funny ass memes <laughs> or watch some really stupid TikToks or something just to smack myself out of it really quickly. Or, you know, we can go to the other end and just go, okay, I need to get into my gratitude. But it's quite hard sometimes to go from anger to gratitude and actually feel the gratitude. Mm -hmm. So instead I find humour to be the quickest way out of anything that's a low vibrational. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling frustrated, sad, lonely, depressed, angry, annoyed, whatever, I will in myself go straight to humour. And that's what I do. So I guess the one that sort of will serve most people at all times, regardless of where you are on your journey, is your magic or your power is in your present moment, present emotion. Love that. Yeah. It helps you just connect with your present moment mm. rather than being in the past or the future, yeah. which is where most people's problems lie. do them in, mm. I think. Thanks for your vibration before. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>
Thank you for you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for you. Thank you for you and you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. I feel like Oprah. I feel like Oprah. You get a thank you and you get a thank you. Everyone gets a thank you. (laughs) 